What is up, team? Welcome to the Strong Side Podcast. This is your host, Brie Goodfellow and Mitchell Black. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> What's up, Mitchell? Uh, dude, I'm great, man. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm saying that like we're not sitting right next to each other. Hi. Hey. <laughs> What'd you do this morning? It's one interesting thing. The most coolest thing that's happened today. I woke up. No, I'm just kidding. That's the lame answer. Uh, no, I went to I went to this breakfast thing that was pretty cool. I'm the world's worst networker. I, I really am. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> I, I am because I'm I'm a very intentional person. So I'm like mm. like I go up to you and hello. What would you like to talk about? <laughs> just, <laughs> what are you doing with your life? <laughs> yeah, right now, let's no small talk, straight to it, mm-hmm. you know, but whatever. No, but it was cool. We went to this little breakfast place. Uh, it was actually one of our, our members from the Roswell location, and he actually owns a gym. Uh, it's not like ours, totally different market. And he just hit me up and was like, hey, I want to go to breakfast and chit chat. And, and it was good. I suck at that stuff. Where'd so you go great. to breakfast? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I had to park like half a mile away. I'm not joking. Okay. So you were in Roswell. Yeah. In Roswell. <laughs> um, I didn't even know if you went to Roswell, but it sounds like you went to Roswell. In Roswell, no parking. Mm-hmm. And it was, but it was awesome. It was worth it. I walked in there. There's a million people in there. Nobody was on the outside. And as soon as you opened this door, I felt like I was in a nightclub. Was it on Canton street? Yeah. Uh, was it well, gracious plenty? No, it actually it wasn't quite on Canton Street. Let me see if I can pull it. Fellows Cafe. Oh, with the big tree. How did you not notice the tree? That's the most important part. So I used to live with my aunt and uncle and like right next to, right on top of the toilet was this, and I lived with them for like two years, was this giant cow. So every time you go to the bathroom, and this is how I'm going to answer your question. Okay. <laughs> Every time you go to the bathroom, there's a giant cow in front of your face. Okay. And after two years living there, my aunt's like, you know what? I think I'm going to get rid of the cow picture in the bathroom. And straight up like there, what cow? <laughs> <laughs> You're just so in your head. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. Okay. Well, that's good to know. What'd you eat? That's the most important question I have for you. Uh, three donuts. No, I'm just kidding. Perfect. Um, I was super, you know, I eat like super lame. I mean, they have all these fancy things on the menu. It's uh, a bougie place, but it's really good. I just wanted three scrambled eggs, a Americano and a slice of toast. That's all I really wanted. And it was very good. Yeah. They're I, very artisanal there. They have their own like farm and garden. Do you know that? Nope. Yeah. They like she, grow their own food. She was, the waitress is very educated in what they're doing. Oh, she might've been the owner. I don't know, but I was like three eggs. Don't want lady. <laughs> well, I'll pay whatever you want. I just give me three eggs. Yeah, please. Just eggs. That's all I need. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I had a little breakfast date. It was good. What are you drinking over there? I'm drinking turmeric tea. Is that new for you? Do you drink turmeric tea? Um, I'm not a tea drinker, but I've been drinking it more often mm. because my, everyone knows I've been complaining about my knee. And so I'm trying to be as anti-inflammatory as possible. Oh. I, I really thought with drinking, I thought you were going to say you're complaining about being constipated. <laughs> no, <laughs> because no. Turmeric will really help with that. And I was like, oh, is that where we're going with this conversation? No, right no. Now? It's purely for anti-inflammatory benefits. You know, there's not, I know we haven't done like a podcast on supplements yet, but there's mm-hmm. only a few that work. And I swear to you, turmeric's one of them. Oh yeah. I started taking, um, cause I, I'm one of those people I do not want to take Advil or ibuprofen or anything just because I know what it does to my microbiome and my gut. So I'm, I really have to be in a lot of pain if I'm going to take those. So I switched to turmeric capsules. It's like extra strength, like turmeric. And I, you can even take it on empty stomach because it's just herbs. Um, but it has helped me so much. Like I have tendonitis in my knee. I know that. And I've had to nurse tendonitis in my ankle before. That took a much longer process to start feeling better than my knee has. I'm already on the road to recovery, so I feel better. And it's all because of the turmeric tea? I like to believe so. Yeah. And I've been stretching and all the things I'm supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, it's never it's never the stretching and the recovery and the not squatting. So it's the turmeric tea. Use promo code Bree at checkout for 10% <laughs> off. No, you can find it anywhere. I don't know. But I've been doing that and um, been more diligent about taking my magnesium. I ran out and it's always when you run out where everything just fall, falls apart. Yep. So I got that. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm the same way. I got like my my old man vitamin counter thing. Oh, you have to put them all the way in there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I have to like, 
when I, when I run out, I have to order it immediately Mm -hmm. or it looks like we're not taking vitamins this year. (laughs) (laughs) What supplements do you take every day? Uh, every day, assuming I'm not missing one. Um, all right. So I take a multivitamin fish oil, vitamin D magnesium D I M. What's that? Uh, it's for brain health. And uh, I swear it really helps because, you know, see how much I can remember right now. Cool. Wow. (laughs) uh, Zinc and biotin. Cool. Yeah. And my nails have never been prettier with biotin. That is the, that I take biotin for vanity. Yeah. It's the beauty bits. Hair, skin, and nails. That's what I call it. Beauty bits. Beauty bits. I'm stealing that one. Hair, skin, and nails. (laughs) But yeah, no, my, my fingernails have never been, I used to get, uh, like the white spots over it and stuff and you know, vitamins and all that help. But the biotin is really good. Cause I used to get yelled at so much for biting my nails. Oh yeah. By, by clients. I was, I was sharing this story with somebody the other day when I first started as a trainer mm-hmm. and I'm signing people up, I'm just pushing paperwork in front of their face and training ain't cheap. Like when I first started training, that's all I did was one-on-one. I'm signing mm-hmm. you up for like $1,100 a month yeah. and I'm my dirty, rotten fingernails <laughs> are sliding paperwork over. Yeah. And one of my clients called me out on it. She said, you want to fix that up for me real quick? And Ew, no. She said that? Yeah, but she, she was really sweet. Her name was Yasmin and, uh, and she bought me the stuff that you paint on your fingernails so it tastes bad and when i would try to bite my fingernails it tastes get terrible. out of here yeah so i really appreciate her her husband Aww. was super cool he was a professional pianist that's fancy yeah but um like he played at like these big opera halls and stuff like that's that. sick yeah those musicians i love them yeah <laughs> and his name was like malik that's cool. I was thinking, of course, your name would be Malik. <laughs> That's yeah. such a cool name. 100%. Yeah. You have the coolest name and the coolest job in the world. Awesome. And But I, those supplements, I can really feel. Like, I take vitamin D mm-hmm. and I truly feel better. Like, my energy, my mood. Yeah. I mean, it really, really helps. Zinc, I started taking it and, I mean, knock on wood, I can't remember the last time I even almost felt sick. Yeah, you say that, but sometimes I feel like you're lying. There's no way you never feel bad. <laughs> I didn't say I don't feel bad. I feel, uh, you know, I was listening to this. I, I was listening to this podcast uh, with MDV. He's my homeboy. Shout out MDV. Mm-hmm. And, Cause you know, he's listening to this and, uh, <laughs> and he had this power lifter on there and he, the power lifter had retired and he said, he was talking about all his injuries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And now remember I raced motocross my whole life, raced at a very high level. I've had six reconstructive surgeries. I've been life flighted to Grady, you know, to your point about, not ever feeling bad. Mm-hmm. And he said, how do you feel after all your injuries? And he said, the power lifter said, I'm never at a 10. I'm always at a three. And that, that really what? hit me. Like, I'm, I don't know how you feel. Like I know you got your little tendonitis and stuff, uh-huh. but like I've had so many bones and screws yeah. in me and stuff. Yeah. I'm always in pain mm-hmm. all the time. So maybe I do feel bad and I don't notice it, but my body is at a three. Like right now I could pick out four things on my body that hurt. Yeah. If it's about to rain, I've had my big toe stick on my foot. My foot was like demolished. My foot literally hurts. So I start mm-hmm. limping. And I mean, that's just my life. Like I wake up, my back hurts, my shoulder hurts. Like that's anywhere just your I, standard. But I'm always at a three, right? So I mean, wait, one being what? Zero pain. Oh, okay. And ten being life altering. Got it. Yeah, and so maybe I do feel bad, but I'm just saying generally, I've been taking zinc a couple of years, and I can't remember the last time I got the flu or, you know, just, just seriously. Like I don't. I really. Not yeah. that much stuff works. I really think zinc's one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I understand that. I think a lot of people have different baselines in terms of how they feel. Um, you know, if you want to put it like very robustly, like good or bad, whether it's like physically or mentally or spiritually, like I think everyone always has that sliding scale of what their baseline that they sit at all the time. Always a three. Yeah. And like, I bet in five years it'll be a four. <laughs> Hopefully not. If you just keep taking your vitamins, yeah, everything be should be fine. Yeah. The ones I take every day, um, I try and take them every day. I'm one of those people that definitely forgets for sure. Um, but vitamin D now I'm taking that turmeric extra strength because I don't have to worry about it. Um, magnesium. I take fish oil every other day and then I put collagen in my coffee every morning. Um, that's a new thing because that's for the beauty bits and for my gut lining too. Because when you add collagen to your coffee, you don't send your cortisol levels and adrenals into like 
a hurricane of well, chaos. That was the fun of that. I want a hurricane. <laughs> I want to be a hurricane. Does your does your turmeric extra strength have like a big X on extra strength? <laughs> yeah, it does actually. Um, I feel very powerful. Thanks for asking. Um, but yeah, vitamin D is the big one, and and that's the one in all of the studies that I've been looking at, like no matter what someone's dealing with when they're looking at supplement recommendations, vitamin D is always number one, like every single time, no matter what you're feeling, whether it's energy, blood sugars, even like with gut health, like vitamin D is the one that just always comes up. But I need that little, that soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and all that research, everything you're talking is a great segue into today's topic. It really is though. We didn't even plan that. No, we didn't. Um, and I was like, Oh, it's happening. Um, (laughs) well, cause even, you know, the question I get all the time is how do you, there's a million supplements on the shelf. How do you know which ones are the good ones and which ones I'm just going to pee out and don't even matter. So I think it all starts with the fact that like everything in the fitness and nutrition space is highly unregulated if regulated at all. Mm -hmm. And we don't have any baseline of measurement or understanding or tools to do that. Nope. Sure. Don't Um, literally in any of it in looking at, you know, the space that I feel that you are obviously like the huge expert in is like looking at everything fitness. Like you're an expert in a lot of things, but we're going to call you fitness for right now. And then in looking on my side and looking at the changes or at least the comparisons of, you know, the medicine world versus just like healthy living and lifestyle habits. Um, the, there's no big governing body. And I think those are the, why we get so many questions about why, how we do what we do like in the routes that we take. Yeah. I'm, I'm really pumped up for this conversation. I'm really excited for everything strong sides doing and everything that we're trying to be a sounding voice for. Cause I just want to like cannonball right into this. Sucker. <laughs> He's very excited. Y'all it, I'm going to go ahead and open up with this one. Cause I'm just intrigued. Okay. You ready? Yeah. I want to know more about how, if I teach someone to air squat in Washington DC and have no certification that I can go to prison. Yeah. Please elaborate. Yeah. So it's a felony and you'll go to prison and not only it's not that you're not certified is that you have to be certified through the NSCA. Okay. So, so there's no governing body for training. Let's just start there. And so what that means is to the consumer, the consumer thinks the customer, the member, whatever you want to call them, just call them consumers, but the consumer goes to a gym. And they get a product. They go to any gym, train with any trainer, they get a product. The consumer thinks that the product they're getting has been agreed upon. Meaning that when a consumer goes to a tax agency and they say, hey, do my taxes, Mm -hmm. you're kind of under the assumption that that person is going to take care of your taxes so the IRS doesn't audit you. And that you get all the money out of your tax return. Yeah, like, I definitely know nothing about taxes. I yeah. hope they do. And that's why you go to H&R Block or, mm-hmm. you know, wherever you go, right? Yeah. The training industry doesn't work like that. So the training industry is a bunch of people walking into the gym and saying, hey, I have this vision. I want to go get in the best shape of my life. I got a bad knee. I'm going to go see somebody who clearly works in the health field. The person that is administering that to have that job, there is no education requirement. So they cannot be certified. They can just be really good at sales. They can have a master's degree. They can have a PhD and they will work at the same level. So $20 online certification. Um, most CrossFit courses are just completion courses, meaning that you're not even really certified. You just, you, you attended. So, mm-hmm. and you do a little test out at the end. I mean, I love them, you know, I'll tell you that right now, but, but, the, and then you have, you have the CSCS, which is like, you have to have a degree to even sit for this. And they're all on the same playing field. You don't know what you're going to get. And none of these bodies have agreed on the information given. They're all different opinions. Mm -hmm. So you're going to go to a trainer and I'm going to get to your going to jail question in a second, but you're going to, you're going to go to a trainer and you're getting all this different information, right? So here's what happened is the NSCA, uh, which is the national strength and conditioning association. They ran a study against CrossFit. And this is 2014, 2015. And they pulled all these people in and they did a six month study on them. And if you did not come back, like, so so I, I start the study, I do a week one test on you. If you did not come back 
for week two, week three, whatever, the reason for you not coming back was labeled as injury. Hmm. It wasn't that you were busy with your kids that day or you got unmotivated. They said injury. So the study was published that said CrossFit hurts this many people. And I'll tell you straight up, if you own a gym, the two things you need to do to go directly out of member or to go directly out of business, one, sleep with your members (laughs) and two, gets hurt, get hurts people attached to your name. If you get those two Mm -hmm. things next to your name, you're done. So study comes out and says CrossFit hurts people. CrossFit gets in this big lawsuit with them, like all this stuff, like, whoa, 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 all your data is wrong. And the people that published the study actually got their PhDs revoked (gasps) from the, so the PH, the, the, um, the PhD guys that were publishing it with the NSCA, they wound up getting completely discredited. Like CrossFit basically won the thing. That's Dang. but so you're like, okay, we, I mean, we can talk about that whole rabbit hole and what actually happened, but why did that happen? What happened the reason that happened is because CrossFit was absorbing so much market share with opening at their peak. They had, uh, like 15,000 affiliates mm-hmm. and they're doing all these level one and level two courses. And you know, you just pay a thousand bucks, you go attend for the weekend or like, you know, whatever. So they're absorbing all the market share. NSCA is not getting any business, uh. right? So NSCA partnered with a couple other people and you may have heard this, uh, this big push exercises medicine. I've never, I mean, I'm just in the food. I hear food is medicine all the time. Yeah. But anybody in the fitness space, exercise, medicine, exercise, medicine, that was their whole thing. Mm. Because if you can push exercise as medicine, then there's also malpractice. So if I can Mm. govern what is allowed, I can govern what you do wrong. So Mm. they were able to get a lot of licensures in effect in just the district of Columbia, like up in Washington, DC. Mm -hmm. And you have to be certified to the NSCA and you have to pay them $600 a year to maintain your certification or from a business angle, absorb market share and have reoccurring annual revenue. So if I'm not certified through the NSCA, and I teach somebody how to do an air squat, it's punishable by a felony because exercise is medicine. So just like if a doctor performs malpractice and they go to prison, Mm -hmm. because exercise is now governed under exercise is medicine, anything that you like, if I'm a doctor and I practice unlicensed, Mm -hmm. that would be the same thing. But the problem with that is that not everybody air squats the same way. Yeah. And not everybody's body moves the same way. Right. So, uh, that hopefully gets your brain thinking and maybe starts you wanting to peel an onion a little bit, but that's where they were trying to go. Um, and there's still some things kind of happening with that, but that's where they were trying to go to make exercise medicine. And yes, that still stands that, uh, if you're not certified through the NSCA in Washington, DC and you teach somebody how to work out, you go to prison. Wow. Well, well, that made me think, though, even to your point where not everyone air squats the same way, like, you know, every person is unique and and how you need to approach their lifestyle. So, um, you know, we are all made up of our experiences. So some people may have injuries, so they squat a little different or maybe they can't lift their arm all the way up or whatever it is. And then even in how they react, I just always think to food, like in how they may or may not react to food, what they're sensitive to or not, you know, whether they need to eat more towards this diet or that. That's why there's no one diet fits all and everyone gets frustrated because we're all different. Um, and I think if you look, that's why the space is so wild if that's we're going to call it the wild west because in the medicine world it's very much like okay here are you know they know medicine here is medicine here is the dosage you need to take like for someone that is your age and height and weight and you should be good to go so long and there's a pretty like i'm not saying like all medicines that simple there's a lot of complicated cases but more often than not they're looking at generalities of how someone should react to something like medicine um but then you're looking at a space where you're just looking at how people live, like what's going, what's it's going to require them to live a daily life, like squatting or sitting up or whatever it may be, or just what foods they're eating and how that's reacting in their body. Yeah. It's just such a more custom approach. Does that make sense? No, it makes total sense. So first off, before we go down that part, just cause everybody's going to be like, is this guy freaking crazy? <laughs> just to start your rabbit hole. Just go YouTube The Good Fight by CrossFit. The Good Fight? Yeah. What is it, a documentary? 
No, it's it, it's explaining what I just talked about. It'll start you on the rabbit hole. I mean, there's tons of literature out there you can go find, but if you just wanted to like get the rabbit hole going, okay. then just hear about that whole thing. So anyways, back to our regular scheduled program. <laughs> the difference on what you just said before is there's a baseline agreeable knowledge. Yeah. So if, you know, you could talk about medicine, we could also talk about being a lawyer. A lawyer is a great example. They all go to school and they take a bar exam. Right. Meaning that they understand the rules of the law. And then they argue those rules of the law to get the desired outcome. Mm -hmm. I can go to school and study medicine and I can still sit for the boards and take all the same board exams as everybody else and practice it a little differently based on my client and my views on it. Right. But I still got kind of the same information as everybody else. Right. So what do you hear in fitness? How do you do your burpees? I do my burpees this way. Mm -hmm. Like, bro, if we can't even define that, yeah. how are we supposed to, you know, well, I read online that, you know, those are all the common examples, but like you just start talking past each other because mm -hmm. nobody has created, I'm not saying that everything's got to be scripted to your point. Like everybody air squats the same way, right? but like some common known to be guidelines yeah, that everybody kind of needs to be trained on. Sure. But Mark Ripito going hard left from CrossFit. Uh, Mark Ripito is a great, great trainer. And he wrote a big old article about, you know, just the level of experience. And mm. that, you know, he's like, you know, uh, Paul Check. Anybody knows anything about Paul Check? If you're a personal trainer out there, man, great, great dude. Uh, tons of certifications. He, I mean, he's, he's the godfather of training. Does not have a college degree. Like, it, and Mark Ripito has 25 years of training experience. So there's like, because it's so unregulated, the deeply passionate people, I'm arguing both sides of my mouth here. Yeah. And I know that I'm doing that yeah. and because we got to find the middle right. is like, I do this for 20 years and I become an expert. Mm -hmm. But then there's also somebody like me who wants to go find my first five clients and apologize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it goes to that argument too of, you know, we talk about this a lot, but you know, at least with my generation and maybe with yours too, like it was the biggest deal that you graduate high school and you go to college. Like there wasn't really a question. Like it was like, that's what you're supposed to do. There's just a lot of pressure to do it. And if you didn't choose to go to college afterwards, like, right. Like at least with me, I, well, I know I was going to art school. Like I was like, I'm going to art school. And everyone's like, all the parents are like, wow what do you plan to do with that right yeah and i'm like cool I'm like work at strong side this okay? is great and i use it all the time by the way haha <laughs> um but anyway um you know you look at where those standards are because then there's those that goes to that conversation of like book smart and street smart because like in street smart you have to have all this experience know how to work with people and then there's also book smart where you're very analytical and then you just read everything on a page and then you should know everything right like i think it also goes to how people utilize this information and in education yeah and that's just turning from like a, a coach to a professional i mean i think that's mm. going to be kind of in anything you know if you meet a doctor, a lawyer, we can go outside of those general things, but anything that you do, you want to be a stock trader, like think, yeah. of, think of anything you go to school for, take your series seven exams so you can work at wall street, you know, like whatever mm -hmm. there's that book smart, but then you, you kind of got to like learn the flow. Like when's the stock market looking like it's going to do this and you need to short the stock. And yeah. When is this person? Yeah. I know the medical book says this, but that big old lump on her forehead would probably be better. Addressed. Yeah. Like, you got to kind of turn pro and the experience and, level for sure. And whatever you're doing, I think a lot about what we owe the people coming to us. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you see your doctor on average, like 15 minutes a year. You know, you go see them three times a year. An average doctor visits like five or seven minutes and a trainer is going to see somebody for three hours a week. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, we, we want, if you come to the gym two days a week, you'll probably maintain three days a week. You'll start seeing results four days a week. Other people will start seeing your results. Mm -hmm. So, you know, most people come three, or four days a week. It's a lot of hours, 52 yeah. weeks in a year, you know, right. And then to have that person come in and put their entire faith in somebody to where we don't really know what we're going to get. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm the best trainer in the world. I'm not saying that every trainer is an idiot. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm saying from Georgia to California and everywhere in between and everywhere in the whole wide world, it's so freaking different. Yeah. And you just got, you don't know what's good info and what's bad info because every, like 
literally nothing is regulated. You do not need a certification to open any gym. Mm-hmm. You do not need a certification to train people. You don't, there's no licensure. There's no barrier of entry. Um, you don't, you can open a gym franchise without ever being in the gym space. Uh, there, there's, there is a difference between coach and clock monitor. And everybody likes to put that coach shirt on and be mm-hmm. like, I'm up here administering exercise that is not a coach you don't want to be a glorified clock starter and rep counter a coach actually has an impact on that person's body based on the knowledge that they have can they teach see and correct movement do they understand you know the principles of basic movement principles of basic teaching basic nutrition foundation like what have we agreed on as a society of health and wellness to want to get our people to the next level Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, all we're going to get is a whole bunch of customers that come to us frequently. And then what do you hear? The gym's not for me. I can't lose weight. My body sucks. You know, are you uneducated or do you just have the wrong information? Because I'd be willing to bet you're an extremely educated person. There is not a shortage of gyms. There's not a shortage of gym memberships. Tons of people have heart rate monitors, whoops, activity trackers, and you're reading everything that you can find about the coolest new way to lose weight, supplementation, diet, mm-hmm. whatever. Are you uneducated? Are you an idiot? Or do you just have the wrong information? Because you might just be really educated on the wrong information. Yeah. And I think, you know, now that we have places like Dr. Google and everything else, I mean, people are on Google all the time. Like, that's just what you do. I do it all the time. Like, just like, oh, hey, like, how do I clean this? Like, whatever it is, just random things. And there is so much, the time that we live in right now, It's amazing because we have access to so much research and scientific data that is new all the time. Like they're constantly learning new things and, but it's so, it can be so contradicting. Like, you know, there are absolutely studies that will say that like keto is the way to go. It will cure diabetes. And then in the same day, I I went to a different lecture and it was someone else preaching vegan is the way to go or being a vegetarian. It will cure all my, it cured all my patients, all diabetes. Like they're all trying to say the same thing of getting people well, but they're going totally different ways about it. And it's contradicting. There's contradicting science out there, which is really a hard pill to swallow because science supposed to be based on facts right? And these theories and they work to prove a theory. That's what a theory is. You have to work to prove it. Um, and it hasn't been solved if that's correct, but they have all these theories and everyone's like, I don't even know which one to follow. And that's why people get so, I think, reserved in who they're trusting. Um, so that's what, I mean, all that to say, I just appreciate at least that strong side, like how we're always trying to learn and appreciate those new studies and like the new way, you know, for example, one that Carrie brought up, like someone with deadlifting, if you can't touch your toes, you should probably be doing your deadlift on like elevated, you know? So we'll lift those plates up. Like those are new things. Like, I mean, I don't know if they did that in 1980s. I don't know, but like that was something new to me and like studies that are coming out recently. So I don't know where I was going with that, but I I get what what you're saying. (laughs) No, it's, it's like, there is a level of market, uh, confusion. Yeah. And, and I'll even, I would even take that nutrition. I would even be okay if we could take that model of nutrition and pull it into fitness. Yeah. Meaning that you're going to, you're going to experience like people are going to practice law different and accounting different and medicine different. And, you know, with nutrition, I'm not saying that, you know, there's a lot of nutrition is hogwash, but when dude, people can, re- I mean, there's a lot of good research on like paleo keto, yeah. like you don't have to agree with it, but they freaking go deep. Mm-hmm. Right. It just drives me up a wall with like fitness. Like if I was only thinking about fitness and it's not a matter of quality, like these two coaches know the same thing. One's mm-hmm. just better at communicating than the other one. Yeah. It's like literally you're a warm body go, go work here. Mm. Like that, that's what I mean. Yeah. And, and we judge it on things like calorie burn or things that are so like intensity is a very interesting thing. I don't know if I said this on the podcast before or not, but if you measured somebody's heart rate as an indicator of if they were fit or not, 
And, and the only thing that I looked at was how high your heart rate goes. What if I just shot at you? Mm-hmm. Cause it turns out if I shoot a gun at you, your heart rate goes up. Mm-hmm. So if I took that concept and I said things like calories, then I could just have you do stuff. Like you just come in today. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna do stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna do stations and I'm not against stations. Stay with the concept here. Like yeah. I'm not microing in on anything, right. but I could basically just throw darts at the board. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this and this. And, and what do you get? This is hard. Oh, so to be a trainer, all I have to do is like do stuff that's hard. Yeah. Oh, okay. So if I, if I make them do stuff that's hard and I get them tired, then I guess they're getting better. And right. then, and then when they get hurt, we'll blame it on their age. And then I'll have two people do movements and they'll look different. And I won't correct the movements because you just kind of do it, I guess, however your body wants to move, not realizing the redundancy and the mechanics of the position that you're trying to add function to dysfunction. So you're going to increase the chance of this person getting injured. So, cause you don't have a, a step-by-step progression criteria of what you're trying to get to. You're just measuring it on, is this person more exhausted when they leave than when they came in? Right. And did I give them something new to make their brain excited about the thing? Like that's really how you're measuring your success of your job. Is if they're tired or not? Yes. And, it, and, and, and that's what most of training is. Mm. Most of training is measured as how long did you keep your clients? How many new clients do you have? And are they tired? Cool. I mean, I was the number one trainer in the country out of 4,000 trainers at the gyms that I worked at beforehand. And nobody ever asked me how many clients I got off blood pressure medication. Yeah. They were just like, Hey, you're going to do the same $50,000 this month as last month. Right. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, I don't know. Did you see Johnny though? Johnny's he, down. He looks up 40 pounds. Yeah. And you can't, you can't do that. I mean, every, uh, everything at like, what does H and R block measure their success on? How much they were able to save you in tax refunds or get back from you? Mm-hmm. You know, what is what is surgery measured on? Good outcome rates. Yeah. Like what are we measuring fitness on? That and we, we can't even agree to that. It's just get really freaking tired. Or just and just look really good, right? Like, um, I mean this and I rarely Whenever I'm talking about people about goals, like I rarely ask, like, how do you want to look? It's always, how do you want to feel? Yeah. And that's the, and that's a hard thing for me to work against too, because, you know, I can't necessarily measure how you feel, right? Like I could say, like, you know, when you go to the doctor and like, here's the frowny face and here's the happy face. And like, you get to put the scale wherever, but it's a, I feel like for a really long time, it was like, oh, well, look at that person. They're in really good shape. Like, what do you do to work out? And that must be the way like you should work out, you know, whatever it is. And I think that was people's only true form of understanding what it was to be fit. Like yeah. you look fit, you must be fit. And that was it. Like no matter what you did. Yeah. I can think about two, two examples of Uh, maybe, maybe one example, but like, I remember working with a lot of people where the company had, cause the industry, it's not just the certifications, the industry's all messed up. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I remember working with this lady and she was middle-aged, extremely attractive and trained a whole bunch of people Mm -hmm. didn't have a certification. And the company had a standard the company I was working for at the time put two and two together you figure that out but uh (laughs) the company I was working for at the time had a quote-unquote uh certification mandate that you had to keep I'm just like we do we every time you get a certification we scan it we like you know like we keep updated and um but she was really attractive and had a whole bunch of clients and the marker was like ten thousand dollars a month any trainer that was like the gold level if you could if you could generate ten thousand dollars a month in revenue then you were good Mm-hmm. And the company never did anything because she was doing eleven, twelve thousand dollars a month, and uh, and she wound up getting her certification and like go her and all that. And I'm not saying that because she got her certification that she's a better trainer. I'm saying that mm-hmm. how'd she get there in the first place? Yeah, you get what I'm saying. And I think there's three areas that I know Strong Side specifically is dedicated to is that we want to influence the three pillars of our ecosystem. And that is how trainers enter the field, how businesses operate themselves 
and then how clients receive their information. There's no governing body of how people enter the field. There is no code of ethics that the businesses enter either with the client or with themselves. Like I just use CrossFit as a common example because there's 3,500 affiliates. Mm -hmm. No two gyms are doing the same workout. No two gyms charge the same amount. Right. There's no there's no general term of ethics that us as business owners have agreed upon. But that exists in the vast majority of other businesses. And there's not a code of ethics that we've entered in with the member. It's kind of whatever morals we decide to believe. And then how clients receive their information. It is perfectly okay to vet your information. But with fitness, because there's no governing body, the people are in charge of vetting their own information. Mm -hmm. Off an education base that doesn't exist. They're never taught how to eat well or what that even means or what they should look for. But somehow the consumer is in charge of finding their own information. And then yeah. walking into a business that is completely unregulated and then blaming themselves mm -hmm. when they don't see results mm -hmm. and then going down a dark motivational path of I'm worthless mm -hmm. because I clearly went to these professionals and didn't see results. Mm -hmm. Are you uneducated or do you have the wrong information? It's a great question. And yeah, and it's tough. I think it just goes to, I think people for a really long time, if you're not in that space, like it's just like when you don't know anything, like I could walk into a freaking, oh, this is one that gets me mad. Like if I walk into a mechanic and my car is not working and they just tell me all these things that I need, like I'm already, like I don't trust them. I don't go by myself because I'm a young girl and they're like, oh, she doesn't know anything. And they already know I don't know anything. And then I get really mags and all of a sudden I need a new steering wheel and a new freaking everything. And I just get really angry when I go there. But it's because I go in there, I'm hoping and trusting that they're going to tell me what's actually wrong with my car. I have no way to vet them. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if like my freaking access is off, whatever. It's $1,200. Your yeah. access is off. Dude, I. Well, give me the access fluid. <laughs> I don't freaking know. You know, turn on the flux capacitor. I don't know what else to do, you know, but I have to trust them. Like I couldn't tell you. I have no way. I mean, I can go get other quotes and opinions and everything else. And then I have a whole mishmash of information. Then I'm like, well, I'm just going to have a broken car. I'm going to get a box with some wheels on it. I don't know what else to do, but it just, it becomes so overwhelming. I think the same thing is happening. So I guess how do you go into an industry? Like you decide to open a gym, you've opened strong side. Yeah. How did you decide? Okay. I'm going to run a business with integrity so that people know that they can come in here and trust me that I'm gonna take care of them. That's a big responsibility. Yeah, um, I'll tell you the the logistics of what it takes for us to open gyms, and then I'll explain to you my why behind it. Um, Did you go to school to open a gym? Is that is that what happens? You get a whole certification, right? No, nah, dude. <laughs> um, the I'm at the point now because I've been doing this long enough where I don't have to sign a personal guarantee. Uh, a personal guarantee is basically saying if the, if the business goes under, they can sue you personally. Like right, right now the business is protected and they would just sue the business. And if the business goes out, then they just get a rogue box and a barbell. Cool. But, <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, you just go in, you say, Hey, I would like to rent this space. And, uh, and then, you know, your first one, like, like the first gym, I didn't have any money cause it was the first gym, like the thing hadn't got yeah. started. Right. So they don't even have any bank statements to go on or whatever. So you just go in, you sign a personal guarantee and you can say, all right, cool. If the business goes under, you could see me personally, but if the business goes under, I don't have any money anyway. So I don't know what <laughs> you're going to get, but, but whatever. So, and then now they just like leverage the other businesses. A strong side has three or four or whatever. That's it. Like, like when we bought our John's Creek gym, mm -hmm. One of the first things I did was go in and renegotiate the lease and I added an extension to it. It was just a one pager and I met the guy in a Starbucks and just signed it. I mean, cause <laughs> honestly, like, like what, like, please don't default. I mean, there's no yeah. debtors prison. Right. And that's it. And then you just throw some freaking boxes in there and you get a lot of fires in planner or whatever. And 
it's off to the races, bro. Yeah. Like you're in business. Show up 5 a.m. on Monday. We'll get you sweaty. Doing burpees and air yeah. squats and push-ups. And I'm oversimplifying a little bit, but that's that's literally it. So anything outside of that is how much money you can put into new equipment and marketing. And I get it. That's business. And you know, nobody vets their coffee shop, mm-hmm. right? Like, but you're probably not coming into your coffee shop with all your hopes and dreams and emotions and, and, you know, I hate my stretch marks and all that. You just, if you don't like the coffee, you go to a different coffee shop, right? right? Like this is much more personal. And in my opinion, extremely important, but Mm -hmm. that's it. Um, versus like, if you want to open something else, it's a lot more vetting. Right. Yeah. There's nobody that there's, there's nobody that checks on me every year. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) it comes around and it's like, you're following the right. HIPAA guidelines or whatever, like no. There's just, at least somewhat of a standard in the food industry, like you yeah. Get there's audited. no audits. Yeah, yeah. There's no audits in the fitness world, I guess. As long as I'm writing checks on the first of the month, they don't yeah. care. Um, so there's that, and then it leaves it up to you. And like you know, I mentioned that breakfast I went to earlier, and it's just cool that we get to talk about this again. Like that, that was one of the questions that was asked to me this morning. Like, why do you do this? And mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm extremely uneducated out of fitness. I graduated high school with a 1.75 GPA. Um, you know, like I, 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 I went to ESL classes and English is my first language. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> it's like, like, I'm not joking. It's, you know, it's, but I can tell you this at, at 13 years old, I was five, five, I was 200 pounds. I hated everything about myself. And I remember standing in the shower, looking down, I couldn't see my feet because my belly was so big Mm -hmm. and I lost 60 pounds from 13 to 14 years old. And when I graduated high school and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, the only thing I could think about was all the hell that I had to go through to get there. Mm -hmm. And I said, dude, I do not ever want somebody to have to feel the way that I felt Mm -hmm. at that age. And I want to dedicate my entire life to making sure that no human ever has to feel that way. Mm -hmm. So then the question was, why did I feel that way? Well, I mean, I joke around. Yeah, I didn't read Shakespeare, but I could read, right? Mm -hmm. I read a lot of magazines. I read men's health and men's fitness. What am I doing? I'm going to the store. I'm like, well, I'm huge and you look amazing. Mm -hmm. So let me just read this magazine. Yeah, I'm watching TV. I'm trying to consume information, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't help. Went, right. went to Weight Watchers, did slim fast. You know, I was very tired, very hungry and still fat. Mm-hmm. And I'm consuming all this stuff. I started working out, like just doing the stupidest stuff. Like, I mean, I would go to Gold's Gym and do like a million bicep curls. Yeah. Like I couldn't even pick up my arms for three days afterwards. Mm-hmm. And when I started looking back at that, I said, that's how I built that ecosystem. I didn't have a supportive community. My family said, hey, go do it. I love my family. Mm -hmm. They said, go do it. And we'll high five you at the finish line. There wasn't like a group of people that was saying, hey, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 515, we're going to be here with Coach Chris. Like, Mm -hmm. let's rock and roll. Mm -hmm. Like some type of leadership to get me there. I said, well, if I'm going to dedicate my life to this, the first thing I need to do is make sure that people have a supportive community to be able to do this of like-minded individuals that are focused on the same or general goal. Mm -hmm. Second thing I needed was some sort of education. I had no idea what to do. My aunt died at 600 pounds. My whole family's overweight. I didn't have like a source of information to go to and be like, hey, dad, you run a lot. Can you show me how to run? Like that didn't exist. And clearly everything that I was reading wasn't getting me anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, we need something. I need some sort of vetted information because, you know, I joked around earlier. I'm that straight to the point guy, right? Yeah. I show up. Hi, I'm, I'm here to lose 60 pounds. Can you help me? Well, here's 50 magazines. Read them. What? Yeah. That didn't. And then going back to the business ethics thing, went to all kinds of different gyms, got a whole bunch of different information. They just slingshot me around. I started going to gyms. When I was 13, 14 years old and everybody I talked to was something different. And everybody was hating on this person for telling me that and hating this. And like, I'm like, guys, I'm already lost. I'm mm. miserable. I'm sad. I hate it here. I'm uncomfortable in everything going on right now with my body, with myself, with my whatever. I have a terrible relationship with food, partly because I don't even know what to eat. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm just not going to eat. So now I'll just be fat and hungry. Great. Mm -hmm. And, (laughs) and it was just like, oh my God. But it really broke down to those three things. I need a community of people 
I, I, I need to control how the, the customer gets their information. Mm-hmm. I need a, a business that has a sounding board that can truly help me on where I want to go. And I need a vetted process. And that doesn't mean I'm not describing this as black and white. I'm saying at 13 years old, Mitchell Black having to spend years of misery to do something that could have been done much faster and much quicker with a little bit of direction. Mm-hmm. Should have just had some general scope. Generally speaking, here's a nutrition philosophy. Generally speaking, here's a movement philosophy. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, here's a community of people that help you out. Yep. With the right information. Yeah, that's the trick. And right doesn't mean black and white. General scope. Like yep. I freaking, like we're on this podcast right now. Like I don't need a black and white piece of paper to tell me you got to plug this microphone into that socket. <laughs> I just kind of need, this is electricity. And right. like plug it in somewhere. Yeah. And it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But we ain't even with that with fitness. No. Fitness is, I mean, just think about what you hear. Just the, the fact, oh my God, now I'm getting excited. Oh the, man. The, oh, fact, no. <laughs> the fact that we have to argue what is a squat makes me want to just blow my brains out. Like mm-hmm. when you, when you sit down with like these professionals and they're like, well, if you squat below your knees, then you're going to, you know, blow out your knees. And if you squat above your knees, only squat to 90 degrees. Like what case study did you read that just freak it? No, your buddy Charles told you mm-hmm. that, that squatting below your knees grows ear tumors. And you <laughs> said, don't squat below your knees. Like when have you ever sat down like 5,000 people and mm-hmm. said, okay, all of you squat to 90, all of you squat below and let's just see. But I can tell you this, doing any amount of squats incorrectly will mess up your knees. So the first thing you need to do is define what is a good squat, not the range of motion. Mm -hmm. How do I get there? Sorry, I'm I'm with you. I'm thinking about all these scenarios, just like where is the freaking standard? I make I started thinking about, you know, you were talking about like your history and your past like looking for answers right just to feel better and do something better and then you know with yourself with your life and just to feel better and I was thinking about how it it took it took me a minute I fought my husband to go back to an endocrinologist for like a long time he wouldn't go to an endocrinologist he's a type 1 diabetic I talk about this all the time but he wouldn't go and I was like, why? I was like, they're going to give you so many answers. He was just going to his primary care physician who was not an endocrinologist. He was just like, you look generally healthy. Good job. And he's a great doctor. I wasn't hating on him. But he was like, every time I went to an endocrinologist, I never saw the doctor. And the person, like the nurse or the person that would take my blood to test my A1C was always like 400 pounds. And then they're yelling at me for the way I was taking care of my diabetes. So I was like, what's what? Like (laughs) he knew at like 12 years old that that probably wasn't the route he needed to take. And he was always shifted so many different directions and no one took the time with him, like to like control his diabetes when the people in front of him were not even taking their own health seriously. Yeah. I, that reminds me of a story. I swung the other way. So I remember being eight years old because that's second grade, right? And I was eight years old. Uh, that's when I started gaining a whole bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. And I went to the doctor and, uh, and the doctor said, Hey, he needs to stay. And he was dead serious. And he goes, he needs to stabilize. And this is not my view on doctors. I'm right, just going to preface right. this, yes. but I go to the doctor and he goes, Hey, he needs to watch his weight. He's going to wind up being, you know, whatever. I think the first way to do this is to stabilize his diet and have three meals a day and two snacks. And I'm in the room, my mom, and I remember it like it was yesterday. My mom goes, okay. Cause again, we have no education, right? Right. right. Okay, three meals a day, I get that. What are the two snacks? And the doctor holds up two bags of potato chips. No. And says, these are the snacks that I have and something to just keep his metabolism going. So what we took away from that conversation was that after lunch, if you brought a dollar or a dollar fifty to school every day, you were allowed to get a popsicle as a dessert. So bag of chips, popsicle, same thing, right? Starts my weight gain. But I was going with the information that I was given. I'm sure he had great intentions. Oh, of course. I'm sure that everything, some of the best things in the world were done with, or some of the worst things in the world were done with the best intentions. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I went the other way of what you just described. But Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm in. I don't know anything. You're the professional. Mm -hmm. 
but you can make the argument that the doctor's not a professional in nutrition and that's okay. Uh, no, they're professional in medicine and making you not sick. Yeah. But that, that started my warped sense of, uh, of food there. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, and at that age, it's so impressionable. Like I was taught like, Oh, you want to, you know, be skinnier, eat less. It's a very simple, Brie, you know, you know, less calories in like less fat on your body done. No question. I was like, Oh, that's it. Well, what if I'm hungry? Too bad. Like, you know, like yeah. it's pretty much what I was like receiving as information. And just to like, cause I want to, I want to keep pushing the, 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 the logic behind it, not the emotion. Cause mm-hmm. we can sit here and talk about like our opinions of, you know, whatever, but like, why, do, why do you hear pay your taxes all the time? Pay your taxes, pay your taxes, pay your taxes. Like it's, it's ingrained in you. Like mm-hmm. you're a loser if you don't pay your taxes, you know, like, like whatever, because the government created a standard businesses agreed to that standard yeah. and started pushing that standard out. And it's not a secret. Like you have yeah. to pay your taxes. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I, just, I literally just picked at taxes out of the air. Right. Like it doesn't, I take my, my garbage guy comes every Monday. Mm-hmm. It's non-negotiable. Yeah. I think we have waste management. If it's not out there on Monday, my house is going to stink for a week. Or like, like your car tags, like it expires on your birthday. Like yeah. you have to renew it, go get it. And there's, there's no basic system of that. And it, it's like mm-hmm. to using that, 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 um, car tag as an example, mm-hmm. it would be similar to a cop just pulling you over randomly and giving you a ticket. Mm-hmm. And just, hey, you didn't have your car tag. What are you talking about? I didn't know that. When's it due? Uh, I'm going to say that it's due on your birthday. And then somebody else is going to say it's due on Christmas. And then and you what? Yep. And that's that's happened to me so many times. What? Oh, forgetting your car tag? <laughs> yes. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know. And they're like, yeah, you did. Shut up. So what I what I'm pushing for is what what I'm really pushing for is a minimum baseline of understanding for the term coaching. Mm-hmm. So that could be personal training, coaching, taking the floor, you know, to me, yelling at you to go faster is not coaching. Mm-hmm. I think it's exercise entertainment and it's, and it's fun and you should play good music and you should hype people up. And that's, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to say I coach people and you're just going to yell at me to sling a battle rope faster, I don't really know if that's coaching. Um, and if you have a personal conversation with me for 20 minutes after class and just agree with me to make me feel better, I don't really know if that's coaching either. Like, what did you, did you really have an effect on my body? You know, did you just tell me what I wanted to hear? Well, and it's, it's a partnership, yeah. right? Like it's not just a dictatorship where I'm going to tell you what to do. And like, you're going to do it exactly the way I said it. And like, no questions asked, like, because I am your leader, like, you know, but like an actual leader in this space is knows it's a partnership. Yeah. Like you're giving guidance, but I don't know if you're in pain when you squat in this particular way, unless you communicate with me and then we have to figure out why together. And here's what I mean by that is the signs are going up in our Woodstock gym, but they're at all of our other gyms. You've seen our marketing and stuff for this. And this is where our five pillars of functional fitness live. Mm -hmm. This is why I wanted to create them. I'm not saying that everything needs to be so micro that you can't operate. What I'm saying is that what I wanted to do was to develop an education method and, and that method being around general population and what people need to be able to do for the rest of their life. And there's five things that people need to be able to do for the rest of their life. And it's squat, sit up, push up, aerobic capacity, and cognitive ability. And we define all five of those squat, sit up, push up, aerobic capacity, and cognitive ability. Mm-hmm. You need to first be able to acquire all five of those things. The squat, sit up, push up is easy to understand. The aerobic capacity is being able to do 25 minutes of aerobic movement or greater, meaning that parking at the end of the parking lot and walking in is not exercise. Going upstairs is not exercise. Those are minimum requirements to be a human being. Mm-hmm. Cognitive ability is the ability to make decisions for your brain to talk to your muscles your neuromuscular system, your cardiovascular system. You have to be able to do that. And when you lose one of those five things, squat, sit up, push up aerobic capacity or cognitive ability, you lose the ability to have functional capacity, which means you go into a nursing home. Mm 
So what we want to do is acquire these five, five pillars. We want to train above the minimum to preserve them for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. You will always do some type of squat to get out of your car, to get up from a toilet, to get up from the couch, whatever. That is a squat. So if you're not doing something that is a higher level than that, that won't become easier or at minimum you won't be able to hang on to it for longer. Mm-hmm. And in all five of those pillars, our needs only vary in degree, not kind. Not everybody needs to squat 500 pounds, right. but everybody needs to squat. Yes. Not everybody needs to do Murph, but you will be doing some type of push up movement for the rest of your life. A burpee is literally quickly getting down on the floor to play with your kids and then standing back up. That's literally what that movement is. Or falling on the ground and getting back up, like tripping on a curb and getting back up. And if we don't, that's what all of our, like our eight, our eight week internship, our quarterly coaches summits, Mm -hmm. like there are ways to challenge a general education system and philosophy around human movement, around general population and starting to create our own ecosystem of our business has a code of ethics. Mm -hmm. And right now that code of ethics is entered to with our members and with each other. That's Mm -hmm. all we can control right now. We can't control the other businesses. Our education system is how we administer that information to our trainers to go administer that information to our members. And then our, um, uh, our information is stuff like this, the blogs that we're going to be writing, the YouTubes that we do to say, Hey, how do our customers want to receive information? Mm -hmm. Is it podcast, email, YouTube, Facebook, whatever. And then creating that content to communicate with them. So we can be the sounding board of that education piece where when they say, I need to go to Dr. Google, not go to Dr. Strong side or whatever you want to call it. (laughs) But you don't need to be thinking, what can I Google? You need to be thinking what strong side coach can I ask? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm excited. You know, we have move well, we have fuel well. It's so that you can live well. Like those are the two things. I mean, and when we look at just living in general, it's everything else from the time you wake up, from the time you go to bed and how you feel in those really realistically, like what, 15, 16 hours, like whatever it is, however much sleep you should get, should probably be seven to eight hours, just saying. But all those hours there, how do you feel? And it's through this type of information and doing these repetitive things all the time. Like, you know, the five pillars, I don't think about, okay, today I must do my squat and I must do my sit up and my push up and I must do something to challenge my brain. I don't think about those things every day. I just do them. Mm-hmm. But because if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. And a lot of people don't use it because our bodies are amazing. They will compensate and get you to what you need to do in really weird ways. Like constantly is adjusting our chemistry just to survive um, with the medications we take or supplements or food we eat, the way we move. Like a lot of people, I had a client, I asked her to do a sit up. She couldn't do a sit up. She's a fully functional human being that like works around. Like she has a you know, nine to five job, you know, she has two kids, all this stuff. And I asked her just to do a sit up. And she was like, I can't because she's never thought about having to sit up. I don't know how she gets out of bed, but she does. Right. And she's done all these weird ways. And now how she has all these different, um, constant chronic pains. And now we're understanding the root cause of it because she's been getting around all these basic movements. She hasn't been coming to work out. Yeah. And that's why I'm so proud of, of you specifically, what you've done with the nutrition coaches, what we've done with uh, like our club managers and what we're doing with our coaches is we have real certifications yeah. that these people go through. And I'll quickly explain the difference between like our certification process and another one is we're default. When, when I say the education system and I compare it to like, you know, H&R Block, like I've been saying the whole time, we're trying to get you to, we're trying to teach you how to think and how Mm -hmm. to make decisions. And our nutrition coaches, when they go through this certification process with you and then test out, and our club managers go through this and how to run a really efficient club, when we bring our our trainers on, we're we're not training them on how to train, we're training them on how to think. Mm -hmm. And if I can start thinking, squat, sit up, push up, aerobic capacity and cognitive ability, I can start making the correct decisions that are in line with that. If I go take the NASM certification, 
I'm NASM certified. I'd recommend it. It's good stuff. But it was made from three physical therapists that have an OPT model or optimum performance training model, and they teach you how to exercise. Mm -hmm. So I go through each phase for five weeks and uh, then I recycle this phase over and over and over again. And, but you're, you're teaching me how to exercise. You're not teaching me how to make decisions. Mm -hmm. If I go do the CrossFit course again, have it great, but you're teaching me a methodology and you're only letting me make decisions or exercises to that methodology, work capacity, measure across broad time, modal domains. What is fitness? What is intensity? You know, like all that kind of stuff, but you're not, you're not empowering my thought. And I'm trying to be clear that that's what we want to impact mm -hmm. is our trainers are educated enough to make decisions, not, oh, well, this is how you squat. This is how I learned how to squat. So you have to squat this way. Okay. When you squat, this is what I need you to do. You need to send your butt back, you know, whatever. No, 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 no. You just need to somehow get the femoral head, like the top of the hip below the knee, mm. whatever happens in between there should be spent from learning for years and years and years to constantly develop better and better processes to be yeah. able to do that. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have that scope, squat, sit up, push up, aerobic capacity, cognitive ability, move well, fuel well, live well, three circles of wellness. If you don't have that, you'll never be able to move forward. If the business doesn't want to address their three key pillars of how uh, trainers enter the field, how businesses operate themselves and how clients receive their information, you're not provoking thought. Well, yeah, because you're working, you're not working in vacuums. Like no one, no one's health or how they move or walk or talk or anything. It is not right out of a textbook. Like that's where I get so frustrated. Like with diet templates, it's my best example. Like, yeah, that sounds great when I feel awesome. Like, and I want to, and my day's perfect and I don't have to go to work or take care of anybody. And I just go off this template. I eat exactly this. I cook all day and I just eat perfect. <laughs> no, I don't know anyone who has that kind of time. Or, you know, if we're looking at like to what you said before, like, Oh, you just, you go down to parallel, like it's perfect 90 degrees with a squat, you know, whatever, everyone's going to do it differently. Like, and I think when you're just working, I just keep coming back to how everyone is different and you have to make those decisions, help people make the best decisions for themselves. And that's how you, you base your own decisions as a coach to help guide people. What is going to push this person the furthest towards wellness for them? Mm. Cause that's wellness is that magical term that we're all going towards, but it's all going to look different on everybody. And so how do we make them feel their best? Yeah. Cause like we, we try to think of that when we design like workouts, whether I'm looking for like a one-on-one -on -one client or the class in general, exercise productivity is a real thing. Am I doing one thing that solves a problem for many things? And is there value after doing it? Mm -hmm. Like we always want to look for value in what we're doing. And when you think about decision-making power, you know, squat, sit up, push up, aerobic capacity and cognitive ability. Hopefully you all remember this by the end of this, but there's a test. Yeah. <laughs> but you need to, you have to provoke organized thought patterns. And if you, like, if we look at a power clean, for an example, I could go to the gym and do a deadlift, a calf raise, an upright row, I could do a pull-up, a bicep curl, and I could jump on a box. Or I could do a power clean. That's exercise productivity. Mm -hmm. And then is it giving me something when the workout is over? So it's cool, going back to the hard thing, it's cool that what you did right now was really hard. I'm really proud of you for doing it. But when you're done, what did that get you? Yeah. I deadlifted 500 pounds. Okay. Like, what did that get you though? Like, mm -hmm. can you, or would deadlifting 315, 10 times be more applicable to daily life? Mm -hmm. Like what? Like, and you could make that argument with anything, but you, you, you want to have an ecosystem that's thought provoking. That's why science is so revolutionary and doctors are so mm -hmm. like, I mean, think about what changes like in heart surgery. The, the way to open somebody up to get to the heart surgery hasn't changed that much. You do the Y cut, you open them up, but we have 
made new stents for the heart. We can do heart transplants. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's all these amazing things. But with fitness, we haven't even defined how to open the chest cavity. Right. And that's what I want StrongSide to do is be the infrastructure management tool to just teach everybody how to open the chest cavity. Squat, sit up, push up, aerobic capacity, cognitive ability. Get some organized thought in there Mm -hmm. that everybody can generally agree on. And then you guys will level up as the surgeons that come in here that have all these different ways that are amazing progressions. You guys are seeing it throughout October with all this body weight stuff. These coaches are rocking it with new ways to get you better at push-ups and develop stuff. But if we don't take the time to just get the basics, Mm -hmm. how do you open the chest cavity? How do you suture people up? Stitches haven't changed. They're the same. (laughs) They just dissolve now. Yeah. We need to get that out of the way before we can dive into all the other sexy stuff that everybody wants to do. Mm -hmm. Because then you're just going to kill people with infections because you didn't know how to open them up and close them. Right. That's deep. Dang. Boom. I don't even know where to come back from that. I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking about all the nutrition analogies, but we'll be here forever. Um, And we have to go film content. Let's go. <laughs> I get to do IOPile today. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I'm excited. But um, we talked about a lot today, but I think overall just understanding how to navigate through the Wild West of health and fitness when there's no like designated sheriff, but at least we can come to an agreement of what it means or how we're going to get to the baselines of what makes someone successful in their own life. And that's what we're looking to, that's what we're doing at StrongSide. And just continue to educate all the time. Yeah. As long as we keep living by like our pillars and the things that we're after. Yeah. I'm not trying to end the podcast with a, we have the answer. No. No. It's like, but there's a lot people need to be aware of guys. And that's what we're here to do. Just be, and that's okay. I'm not going to go on a tangent and I get really excited about this, but I just am really passionate about people being their own advocate for their own health and getting all of the information that they can. That's I literally like, I'm not their doctor, I'm their nutrition coach, but I can at least help you know what questions to ask. Mm. There's a lot of questions, but oftentimes they get in there and they're like, I don't even know what to ask you because they're the authority. And then they don't feel like they don't know enough. So they shouldn't even ask questions that may sound stupid. Ask your questions, like be inquisitive and find information, but trust yourself and trust your gut to what feels right for you too. Like, when, if someone's telling you this is the end all be all, don't listen to anyone else, you should probably run far and fast. Yeah, as quickly because as you can. You We're training for this. <laughs> you don't even know enough. That's my favorite. This is how we do it and how we've always done it. I mean, you, that's business advice 101. You go yeah. work with anybody that's like, this is what we've always done it this way. Yeah. Okay, you're about to die. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, run far and fast. So. You all are very smart and wonderful, and I love you. Goodbye. That's really how I'm going to end it. Move well, feel well, live well. Yes, sir. Let's go do it. Bye, y'all. See you next week.